Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Creative Process Podcast with myself, Jared Klein. Today, um, episode 13, obviously, you can see that we have a guest that we're going to be talking with today. Obviously, Akshay is on here, but I want to do a little bit of a promo piece for the hashtag CP collab that we have been doing on the Creative Process Twitter. Um, So, one, go down below, find the Creative Process Twitter so you can kind of follow along while I'm doing this promo, but we came out with cp collab 3 so basically what it is i supply a you know psd with a handful of assets in there and you go in kind of give your little twist post it on twitter wherever you want to with the hashtag cp collab and you know the whole community can kind of see what you came up with give feedback you know praise each other whatever we want to do you know um so yeah that's there i wanted to notify you and everyone listening um a lot of people just kind of see it from the twitter there's a lot of traffic on the twitter people are interacting with each other um we have a pretty decent community built up over there that love giving feedback and helping each other kind of improve you know that's always good so um just wanted to let the listeners know um, i don't think i've promoted this yet on the podcast even for one or two so um yeah the deadline on that, the next one, so CP Collab 4 will be coming out on September 14th or 15th. But this one, um, the timeline is for the 14th if you want to get this one. Obviously, you can do it. It's going to be on the Twitter no matter what. You can do it whenever. But just letting you know, the new one, if you want to keep doing them in succession, the new one's going to be coming out 14th or 15th of September. So, um, so yeah, welcome. Welcome back. Uh, episode 13, Akshay, you can unmute if you want to. <laughs> you can you, you can unmute. Um, but yeah, obviously we have Akshay on. Uh, Akshay, how are you doing today? I know we talked a little bit before this, before we started recording, but... <laughs> I'm good, man. Thank you for the invite. I'm super excited to, to jam out with you here. Yeah, awesome. You have actually been, like, it's been off recording recommendation that you've been, you've been recommended at least, like, four or five times to get on. Because you were on... Really? The Bad Design Podcast, if I'm not mistaken, right? With That's right. With Sean. With Sean. Yeah. And I listened to that one. I'm like, yeah, this would be a really good conversation to have. But so that was actually – you don't know this. That was actually the reason I created this podcast because he stopped posting. And I was like, That's Sean, right. what are you doing? He's like, I don't have any time for it. So yeah. I was like, okay, there's – I got to fill. I got to fill. I got to make up for, <laughs> you know. That's Actually, awesome. I'm so glad you did. That. I ended up having him on the podcast, which is funny, but <laughs> uh. <laughs> But yeah, he he was a good sport. I told them I told him the whole thing. I was like, "Man, I wanted you to post it so bad. I was listening to it every time you came out and you just weren't posting it, so I had to ask." And yeah. you said, "You don't have time." So I was like, "Okay, we got to do it." Um Yeah. But yeah, so Akshay, welcome. Um Kind of for the for the people that don't know who you are. Actually, first off, I want to do this plug for you. Go down below Akshay's Twitter portfolio. Whatever I can put down there will be down there. So go down below, connect with Akshay. Um, but yeah, for the people that don't know who you are, give them a little crash course on Akshay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as Jared mentioned, my name is Akshay. I am <laughs> entering my tenth year. As a designer, um, I'm also a product manager at Adobe, uh, working on the Creative Cloud side. And I've been working in sports for the same past 10 years. And I recently graduated Syracuse University, where I worked on the football team for the last four years. And I also worked at Bleacher Report for the last four years. Awesome. Yeah, crash course. Nice and simple. Yeah. Now people know who you are. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Which, honestly, honestly... <laughs> Most likely, people are going to know who you are from if they're listening to this. 
that that's the impact you've made you've made on the on the industry, man. That's the impact. I appreciate that, man. I mean, I think it's it's the conversations we have on social media and podcasts like this, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think being able to have a platform where you can share some of your thoughts and have conversations with different people, it's super valuable. And I'm really grateful to you for for continuing this after <laughs> you know Sean uh, decided to, to pause it, but. You know, I know I'm I'm someone that listens to these podcasts too. It's super valuable for me and my job, you know, to understand what the state of the creative industry is and you know what I can do as part of my job to to continue pushing it to the next level. Mm-hmm. For sure. So let's talk about your experience within sports. So ten years designing, um, went to Syracuse. Obviously, worked for Syracuse and then worked for Bleacher Report. Um, your role with Syracuse, working in working in collegiate athletics. Did you primarily just work for football, or did you work for the athletic department in general? Oh, I came in with the intention of working basketball. Basket- um, okay. know, Syracuse, Syracuse was known for um, the yes. legacy that Jim Beheim and mm. um, the rest of the crew had left. So I thought I was going to come in and work basketball, and I forgot to add before I worked at Syracuse, I worked at a small school in small D1 school back at home in Massachusetts, um, Holy Cross. I worked football there and I did mm, recruiting okay. there. So um, I got a chance to work under Janelle McLaughlin, who recently was at Alabama. So I was one of her first interns there when I was in high school. And that's when I got in touch with football recruiting. So mm. I'm not a big football fan <laughs> to an extent, but working in college football really did make me one. Um, so I came in with the intention of working basketball uh, within athletics. And I did my first semester freshman year. I worked in athletics, and um, at that time, I was also splitting time with the football team because it was fall season, and uh, the creative director for our football team ended up leaving a month into (laughs) me being there, so I kind of just took on his role and started doing the rest of the stuff, and Mm -hmm. the rest is history, essentially. I I ended up getting hired part-time to work on the football team for the, the next three years, um, and then I, my last semester, I wanted to work in athletics one more time, um, just because I love the people I was working with there. And so, yeah, I kind of split time and, but I mainly did football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So working, you're obviously on campus, um, working those game days. Um, I guess with, I mean, you said you worked with athletics as well, so you probably did a lot of switching seasons with different sports. So um yep. obviously working a lot basically within that mm-hmm. whole scenario and working with a whole creative team or like how big was the was the team i always like asking this just to give a yeah. idea you know yeah no I, I smile at this because um you know when we started when syracuse started we've had a lot of amazing people that are in the industry right now that um, if you ask them, they might have had some kind of tie to Syracuse, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but they came at individual times. Um, our team was, it was like fairly small when I first started. And as time went on and, you know, sports design became more prominent, there was more value to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it started getting bigger. And it was mainly from an intern standpoint that we started to grow. Um, COVID ended up, you know, preventing us from, you know, growing our actual full-time team. Um, but it's really exciting to, to hear from our interns and now our new 
uh, full-time creative staff that they have at Syracuse right now, um, what their capacity is like compared to um, my time. It was me and uh, a few others, and then Noah Hammerman, who now works at the 49ers. It was essentially just us two from a design standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um doing most of this design work yeah <laughs> two guys carrying it with on their back <laughs> <laughs> that's like it, like that <laughs> I, I like i like asking that question because a lot of people think yeah. like oh d1 you know like it's a it's a big i mean syracuse is a big d1 school you know whether mm-hmm. the, whatever sport it's a big d1 school so people are like right oh you got at least like uh, like five or six people deep on the graphic side, video side, that as well, you know, but that's not always the case. Like people got, you know, they got small departments. People get shit done, you know, with the amount of people that they have. And I honestly haven't heard many people say that they've worked like when they worked in collegiate or when they still do work in collegiate, their teams aren't usually that, that big that people would expect, you know, it's going to be yeah. a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of, you know, sticking your nose in, working a lot of hours, and that's just what it is. That's the the nature of it sometimes, you know? Yeah, and I think for a lot of us, it was part of the fact that, like, you know, working in sports, like, people want to be athletes, right? They want to go play, and, like, when you don't get that chance, but you have this talent where you can, like, translate your creativity to the sport, I think that kind of drives that excitement, too. Mm-hmm. And so... I think that's part of the reason why I continued going, you know, being able to build relationships with different people, networking. Um, I I don't really like calling it networking all the time. I mean, that was the end result, but being able to um, build relationships with athletes, with coaches, and really bring it all together um, is super, super cool. I think that's, like, probably the best part of working in sports for myself, like developing – Especially, like, I mean, I've told this numerous amounts on the podcast. Like, I work within minor league baseball. It's a small team, you know. So I'm on the field, you know, shooting photos as well and doing graphics for them. So it's like you get to meet these people rather than just being having them being labeled as players. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking with Devin Carvajal on a, in a podcast episode that actually didn't happen because I stopped recording and now he's getting into, getting into the season. So that one's going to be a while. But anyways, I was talking with him. He works for Jacksonville, works for the Jaguars. And, like, Trevor Lawrence, you know, obviously started number one draft pick, QB out of Clemson, the biggest, you know, biggest athlete there was when he got drafted, which was, what, two years ago, I think, right? Yeah. Two years ago. And so, I obviously, I had to ask him about it, right? I had to ask him about, like, working with him on, like, media day and stuff. And he's like, he's just a dude, just like – anyone else you know like yeah he's they're held up there because obviously they're professional athletes and they bring in a lot of money so like that's gonna happen no matter what and like they're look they're on a pedestal that's gonna happen but you have a conversation with some of these dudes and they're like yeah like what's up do you want to just like play warzone sometime or you know you know it's like like they're just they're just dudes you know developing that and being able to see these guys for like themselves rather than a football player or a baseball player or whatever they are you know it's that's the best part i think it's cool yeah man and i think for me that was something that i really had to understand you know like there is like a level of a boundary that you really don't want to cross when it comes to uh building relationships but at the end of the day for me it was like i'm a student at syracuse university you're a student at syracuse Mm -hmm. university and when you can relate back to that level there was a lot of really cool relationships i was able to build through my time there um, at syracuse 
And a lot of it even came down to like athletes coming up to me and like even before the NIL era, they're like, I want to start thinking about what my brand would look like moving forward, regardless if that translates to the league or if that's just, you know, I want to do like open up my own gym. Like, what does that look like? And so I think that was really cool that I was able to sit down with guys and be like being able to tell their story in a different Mm way. Um, Them kind of like watch over my shoulder and and see how I edit photos. And they're like, oh, I want to go edit photos now, right? Like Mm -hmm. they get interested in our craft too. And when you can bring it down to a human level and just have a conversation and like be like, how was class? Like Mm -hmm. it's super cool. And you're not going to get that everywhere. But um, when you're able to kind of level set in terms of like, uh, you know, what it means to go to the same college, right? And share experiences in that sense. It's super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I have conver- – like some of these dudes, like I'm 23 and like the majority of the team is either my age or younger. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like we have things that, you know, norm- I won't say normal, but like you talk to someone that's not – like you don't – you have no idea they're a professional athlete. You talk to them and you can connect on things. It's like, you know – there's yeah. so it, there's I, I just think that's it's such a it's such a funny thing now like when I go to like a Brewers game or like a Packers game and like these people I may be out of pocket saying this but like some of these people just fantasize over oh my god I, I gotta get their autograph or else I'm not gonna be able to like be happy or like they're just like begging for like a piece of memorabilia from these people and like they think they're an object like they're like screaming at them and begging them for like an autograph or something and they're like acting like they're royalty and they're just like this is a person like stop treating this person like they're way up here like (laughs) yeah yeah they're good at football but like (laughs) you can go away like stop treating them like they're a piece of gold or like you know stop treating them like they're not a person yeah and and you know what I'll, i'll i'll add this quickly and then um we can we can talk more but um, I think the transfer portal too was like an interesting time where like you see players, you know, maybe they don't make the uh, the starting lineup of their team and they have to transfer somewhere else. Mm-hmm. There's a human side of like that transition too, right? It's not mm-hmm. like, you know, like they're forcing themselves. And I think a lot of conversations I've had with athletes that have and that ended up moving on, or even if it's a coach, right, that wants to take a, another position somewhere else, you see what that human side is. Like there's a lot of things that happen there. And I think the funny part that I'll touch on is, this was this past weekend was the first weekend I could actually watch sports as a fan. And <laughs> I'm watching a whole slate of football on a Saturday. And every game I could notice someone on the sideline that I either work with, I worked with, or I built a relationship with, where mm-hmm. I could just send the text and have a conversation with. And it blew my mind at the like that night where I was just like, these like when you work in sports and maybe people will shift and move around so quick, you can still build relationships and the network that you do end up building is visible when you can watch it on a TV screen mm-hmm. and be like, oh, I know that guy. And like, he's doing something that I'm watching as entertainment. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> you know, I was just like, wow, that's crazy. Like starting quarterback for another school, like was a friend or like another coach um, that I built a good relationship doing recruiting stuff. Like that was really cool to see. And it's, it's cool to see that that is something you get while working in sports. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously you're out of sports employment wise. Right. So do you, I mean, you probably do like design on the side for yourself or whatever freelance yeah. kind of within the yeah, industry. Yeah, so freelance. Yep. So like, I guess maybe taking more of a backseat now, since you're not super employed into sports, what do you kind of see the design industry within it kind of looking like 
you know what's what's mm-hmm. like your overarching opinion on it what's like I do I dare say the worst things I honestly I mean talking about the bad things is only the only way we ex- we uh we improve you know so yeah let's sure. let's let's do it kind of being on the back you know sitting in your sofa watching the community attack yeah. each other <laughs> you know <laughs> well I'll say this, right? I wouldn't I say think... attack. I'll, I'll take attack back. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we we say, like, taking a back seat. But I think, as you've seen, too, like, I wanted to stay engaged with this community for that exact reason, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone has a different journey and what brought them into sports. And um, for me to be able to still post about sports, bring sports in the context of how I show stuff off um, through our different products, it's... You know, I, I, I love where it's going in a sense, and I'll explain myself there because I, I feel like people will be like, what? That makes yeah, no sense sure. compared to, uh, <laughs> you know, what we're talking about. Let's also understand that, like, the last few years was we were in a pandemic and, like, uh, industry like ours was heavily impacted, right? Mm-hmm. There was a sense of, like, oh, we need to be there. We need to be on the sideline to cover uh, content. I need to be in the office every single day in order to get a graphic done and you go through a time like this and you're like, okay, maybe I don't need to go into the office to make this graphic or to take this exact meeting. If it's with, you know, someone else in my league or something like that. So I think what we, what we witnessed over the last few years coming out of this pandemic, I say coming out hopefully in a good sense that nothing else is going to happen. I think we've noticed where we can extend ourselves as creatives and see where we can, find more time for ourselves, right? We see a lot of people that are moving away from working in teams to doing full-time freelancing or um, working for an agency rather than for a team. I think there's a lot of um, movement, but maybe it's movement and um, it seems like a lot because there was a lot of stagnation in the past where people tried to figure out, you know, what did it mean to work in sports in such a weird uh, period of time where there's no fans in the stadium and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's going to be good things that come out of people speaking out now too. Right. I think there's a lot of people that are, are voicing themselves where, you know, salaries are not where they should be. And uh, unfortunately we need to be better about communicating to the younger folks too, that just want to break in the industry. Right. Like there's a lot of, we probably all have our stories where we made our first $50 or $20 doing a freelance project. And that meant so much to us. Mm -hmm. And now when someone else sees a smaller salary compared to the rest of the industry, but doesn't understand what the industry looks like, they might jump at those opportunities. And there's going to be people that take advantage of that a lot. So we as a community need to do a better job of communicating that and making sure that when you work in sports, it's not a, it's not a privilege anymore. And I, I, I'm very careful when I say that, right? <coughs> I think this industry has grown so much that it's just like any other job. Mm-hmm. And it's super cool to work in sports. But let's not treat it like you're super lucky to work in sports. And you have to make sacrifices at that level uh, to continue working in sports. I think um, understanding what that balance looks like and being able to communicate with people that are your mentors or leaders that have gone through this process through time that would be um you know the ideal way that we approach moving forward and i for one want to be one of those voices that you know anyone can reach out to and and jump on and 
get a sense of what that looks like um, mm-hmm. because I've been able to see the past five to six years of it um, working with the team. Okay, one second. I need to get a drink. <laughs> I got something in my throat. My Go bad. ahead. <laughs> there you We're going to maybe cut this out. I don't know, but I'll be like back in like five seconds maybe. No problem. No problem. My bad. You're good. You're good. I needed that break. <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I was holding like those coughs, like those coughs that I had were like half power. I easily could have <laughs> just hacked one on the mic. Yeah. So let's move into more or less like the, um, maybe like the mentorship side or like being a role model in a sense. So I, I mentioned it a little bit when we like started talking, um, that like you obviously, are like people are going to know who you are because established reputation or whatever you know you tried to do or you know just did as time went on um people know who you are basically um and with i won't go directly into specifics but you know people look up to you for advice for tips on whatever um i guess when it comes to that using your platform potentially you know supplying educational content or giving your advice and having people ask you kind of I don't really know how to pose the question but I guess being when it comes to being a role model within this industry how I guess one maybe how happy or how maybe frustrated um, it makes you or how do you think designers getting into the industry we talked about that a little bit as well fresh designers into the sports industry should approach you know a mentor or a person they, I guess, idolize to use that word, you know, as stylized as I can, you know, idolize. That's, yeah. I mean, that's how I was with a lot of people that, you know, I mean, honestly, with anything, you look up to people with that for anything and you idolize them. And, you know, I mean, the most you can do is ask them a question. So I'm um, sorry, I rambled yeah. a little bit, but yeah, that. <laughs> You're good. You're good. You're good. And, and I, I love the passion that you have uh, with that, you know, like, being a role model is like I I hold a lot of people as my role models, people that I can go to seek advice. Um, so you know that's my main thing. Like if I can provide that same experience to someone else, like that makes me the happiest person, um, puts a smile on my face, and I want to do that for other people too. You know, like we talk about a lot of new people joining this industry. I get a lot of DMs from younger people all the time where they're like, "Hey, does it make sense for me to become a designer with you know all these conversations that are happening?" and I'm like, like, please don't like use, you know, that's, it's good conversations that are happening, right? It's good education for you to know, you know, where the industry is headed and how you can leverage yourself to to be in a position to take advantage of that. So mm-hmm. I, I do like, for me, like being a role bundle and making sure that I can um, help people be creative or um, innovate at a higher level. Like that's something I hold uh, highly to. And let me clear up some confusion at, this point too right like i think a lot of people reach out to me and they're like oh so your job at adobe is to, to create tutorials right and uh, <laughs> that's not my job uh, my job is not to, to create tutorials but it's a, a real good barometer for me to test and see where our industry is at right mm-hmm. how are people reacting to new features how are people reacting to some of the flows that we have already and if it doesn't work let's take a step back and if people are giving like I love good advice and like or good feedback and bad feedback, right? Like if you if you have feedback where you're like, ah, oh, this just doesn't work. Like mm-hmm. maybe from our side, you know, as a PM, as a product manager, 
I help shape our current status of, of different features and products and what our future vision is. What's our roadmap look like? So um, being able to understand what our customers want, what they expect out of the product, um, as well as, you know, how can we make their lives easier, right? I think that's kind of where the education part came in because um, in sports, you know, as I mentioned before, people kind of made it seem like it was something really hard to get into. And so, and if we wanted to find a better way to educate them to feel like um, it's easier to get in or you don't need to go in and get a, a degree as a graphic designer, right? I think being able to like learn one thing every single day by just showing something new, mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of what inspired me, right? It was, uh, it was a sense of me, I, I knew a lot of stuff and I was able to grab onto some new features during my last four years working at Syracuse that maybe isn't in a tutorial on YouTube or is a smaller hack that doesn't require a full video for it, right? Mm-hmm. So how can I expose that to people that might just need it that day when they're working on a graphic? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I felt like it was it was good for... Give me one second. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine, man. I can start it back up, too. I was going to say something. Um so whatever yeah, go ahead. Doing. Yeah, um, go ahead. Okay. Um, but I guess like along the lines of like educational content, I know for me that was one of the huge things when I was starting out is like whether it was a YouTube tutorial, which it was mostly YouTube tutorials. Like when I first started out, it was self-taught, like just digging and also being able to look things up on the internet. And, you know, I didn't start schooling or getting educational like – you know, high school or collegiate education on it till I was like a senior in high school. So I was like, I mean, I started in seventh grade. So that was what, five years before I started getting, you know, normal, I guess normal, <laughs> um, scholastic educate, like content on the topic of graphic design. Excuse me. So like a lot of that, a lot of that content, especially like those, the easy stuff, I think now, the form of content has kind of changed. Like it's, it's those easy one hitters, like minute, minute and a half videos, give you a little tip, you know, kind of make your life a little bit easier type of situation. But, um, obviously now there's more places for that educational content, you know, like Skillshare or Udemy or, you know, shit, if you don't want to pay, just go on YouTube. Like I said, like there's a lot of different avenues you can take to gain knowledge within this thing. And I mean, Shit, you've you've you said you've listened to a couple episodes, and I guarantee this type of stuff has been mentioned in it. We talk about this a lot on the podcast. It's like, you know, I'm kind of going slightly off tangent, but like, college isn't a hundred percent a necessity anymore for this career field. Like, a perfect example. I don't know if you went to college for graphic design, like got a ma- like you majored in graphic design. Okay, no. So I did, I did not. Another perfect <laughs> example. But I was gonna say Neil Patel. Like Neil has been working with UConn. He goes to school at UConn, does graphic design for UConn, but he's not majoring in graphic design. He's majoring in like engineering or something. You know, something completely, yep. you know, unrelated. So it's like there's you know multiple examples that like you don't. You don't need to go to college for for this to become successful. It's like it's, I don't know. I kind of went on a tangent a little bit, but do you want to take a guess what I went to school for, just based off of that example that you gave? Um, hmm. Does it is it going to be engineering? <laughs> well, what it is? <laughs> yeah. So, 
Uh, I'll just touch on this quickly. I wanted to go to school for sport analytics. I wanted to be a GM um, for an NBA team. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get into that program. So my second choice, I was like, oh, they'll accept me for graphic design. I didn't get into the graphic design program. Mm. And uh, last choice, I did a lot of engineering stuff when I was in high school. So I was like, let me just throw it so I can get into Syracuse because I really (laughs) wanted to go to Syracuse. So I ended up being an engineering major. um, And a lot of the skills that I learned during my time, you know, I'm not the best programmer or anything, um, but there was a lot of intangible skills that I learned during that time, which allowed me to be more comfortable making a career shift, you know, first job out of college, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I 100% agree with you. I think we've gone from a time where it was required to go to school and have this many years working in the industry to get a job like this. Then mm-hmm. it went to, okay, well, I hope you went to school for this. and. Uh, you get a job off of that. And then now it's just like, if you're creative and you're you're talented, that shouldn't stop you from getting a creative job. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we've you know noticed from, a, from an industry standpoint on how that shifted. And for people like me, it's benefited that like, if you have the skills and you have the talent, it doesn't matter what exactly your degree says, but there might be some, you know, working in college athletics. I think I got a lot more out of working in college athletics than going to school, um, frankly, um, at Syracuse. So mm-hmm. I think that was a big part of it. So I think understanding that part of it too, like you don't have to go to school, but there are some stuff that going to college and maybe being surrounded by the right people can help you out with moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, that's that's something that I don't want to say it's like the other side of the sword, but I guess in a way it kind of is. Like we say you don't really need to go to college, but like also you're 18, like – at least in my case, I didn't really want to go to college, but I still wanted the collegiate experience. Like I wanted to go to college, mm-hmm. meet new people, experience a different town, experience like a whole completely different atmosphere than what I was used to. But that's just me. Like, you know, if, if, if that's not you and you just like, you know, either move someplace on your own, you're ambitious. You just don't really want to do the college route of doing that, which hundred percent, honestly, wasting, I guess I don't want to say wasting, but paying to get that experience is completely different than just naturally growing into it you know so who knows yeah <laughs> but let, let, let me add this right here um if, if for the younger people that are thinking about going to college and all that stuff i i think about it this way um something that i used when i when i left college and when i was evaluating if i wanted to go to adobe or or go stay in sports work for one of the teams that had sent me an offer. Mm-hmm. One thing I was thinking at the back of my mind is I paid a certain amount to go to school. If I want, if I'm interested in a job, I want that job to be paying me equally to what I paid to go to school or more, right? I went to school and I chose that as an investment on myself. Mm-hmm. So if you do choose to go to school, maybe think about it as an investment, right? how can you use that as leverage to continue growing in your career? Mm -hmm. And um, it worked out in my favor, but that might be something. I don't think people talk about that concept a lot, Um, but think of college if you do choose to go that route and you don't have to, but think of it as an investment on yourself and use that as like a a marker of how you want to approach moving forward. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't take chances on yourself um, to try something new and take a step back, but that might ease a little bit of the discomfort that people have when jumping to an industry like this or even going into college for it. So um, that's just one piece of advice that I'd provide there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that. I don't think I've – that's something I definitely haven't th- thought about 
um, and like I guess verbalized <laughs> if that's a word I think that's yeah. a word verbalized yep. on this um, but yeah that's that's actually a really good way of thinking about it especially if you're like looking back on it and being like you know what I like if you're starting to think that you wasted time there you know that's honestly that that's kind of me <laughs> so that's a great thing you 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 said that because that makes me think a little bit differently about it too um because yeah. yeah, i was in it like sophomore year i almost dropped out of college i was like look like i'm i'm done like this is it's just not it like i don't really i don't mm-hmm. really it's just not not it and i had conversations with my with my parents and a couple of my friends and they're like look a lot of it was like look you're like halfway done you know you you might as well just do the other half but you know right. there's, there's always that off chance where there was like like you're already two years in what have you experienced like do you think you've would experienced the things you've experienced or you know certain things that made you go aha or you know you think that has you know you think that would have happened if you wouldn't have gone to college how many more of those situations could you have right. could you get into potentially or you know if you don't how can you look back on this and be like hmm you know how did this change me or how did this help me or you know you know whatever the situation may be so yeah that is something i really haven't thought much about i mean i graduated may of 21 so yeah last may almost about about a year and year almost and four half, months right? so yeah yeah so it's jesus it's taking me almost a year and a half to, <laughs> to think about it that way but hey it has to happen yeah. sometime you know <laughs> yeah I, I just think it's a good reframing of the, the whole concept For right sure, i yeah. think like we're definitely in a time where people think, you know, they, they are they are going through that process of whether that makes sense for them or not. And mm-hmm. uh, that's something that's given me more comfort as I've approached that thought process because I'm like, oh, I worked, you know, like 80% of my time at school and 20% I went to the class for. Um, that's just how I balanced my time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe it was worth it because being in that situation, getting to meet someone from a different creative department every week, um, during matchups, like I think maybe that was valuable for for something in the long run, mm-hmm. for sure. So I guess moving outside of you know, I don't want to say like I guess outside of current career and then looking back, looking forward for yourself, where do you see yourself kind of ending up? Can you like what what's like your your end goal in mind? Where where do you want to kind of just go from here? I I don't think I've asked this yet, so this is a great this is a great thing I want to ask. <laughs> that's a good question um because not a lot of people think about that they're like okay what can i do in like three months that'll you know make me either make me more money or get me a job that i'm looking for or you know whatever they don't really think like 10 15 20 years down the road yeah no it's a really good question it's something i would have been able to answer two years (laughs) ago if you asked me or last year (laughs) um or three years ago i mean I didn't know what being a product manager was three years ago. Mm-hmm. I was introduced because I put out a tweet and I just told, I, I mentioned Adobe and I said, Hey, this is a really cool feature. And then I got connected with the people at Adobe because of that tweet mm-hmm. before that. I didn't know what product was or, you know, what that would look like. And so if you asked me before then, I would have been like, I'm going to be a GM of an NBA team. Like I'm going to, I'm going to win like 10 championships. Like, you know, like I, I would have had like some big aspirations, Uh, I think what grabbing this new job has shown me is like, it's a reset, right? Because it's a new industry. So there's um, so much velocity to grow and really understand what people want, what customers expect, like what the future of being a creative and the tools that they need to 
to facilitate that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of where it is. Like I want to continue helping creatives, regardless if that's building products that you know enhance and help you be more innovative, or if it's you know sharing content where it, where people can get a better understanding of it. Um, in the past, I would have defined myself under one kind of scope or one title. As I'm like approaching my new job, I've realized that. I've done a couple different stuff. I've had a couple different roles within my own title mm-hmm. that I don't know exactly what that full title is going to be, but um, the way I see it, I think my future job, maybe in the next five to 10 years is not defined yet. And it's something that's going to be shaped as more people do it. So the answer I get to everyone is my, my future job doesn't exist and it's going to exist when people start demanding new tools and uh, new ways they want to go about stuff because I want to change as time changes. Mm, that's actually a great answer. Um, I was going to ask about like how how fathomable now, especially within what we do, is like an end goal. You know, like how – I mean obviously like that's a thing anyone can have. You can have like what you want to get to. But like I feel like change is just something that's just a part of what we do. You know, like – whether it's constant or it, it always seems like it's quick change, you know, couple year turnaround to where in some industries it's like for 45 years you could be doing the same thing and it's, you know, it's right. just, that's, that's just it. That's just what it is, you know, to where I feel like what we work into, especially I think it comes with the nature of what we do. Like, like when it comes to sports, it's working with, you know, especially now with NIL, that was a huge change. And now all that stuff is kind of, completely revamping how people look at players and how organizations and universities look at players. But even with like social and, you know, when it comes to um, like what you're working on, like the products we use and everything like that. Um, But also like in your case, you don't know, you know, what you guys could come up with in two, three years, basically just what you just said. Like when Mm -hmm. creatives need something you need to provide and you don't know what's, what that's going to be. So it's like constant, crisscrossing and going back and forth and everywhere so it's like i think that's just the nature i feel like it's right. hard it's it's hard to predict you know like obviously you could, like i said you I can obviously have a goal but like to predict okay in x amount of years i'm gonna be here or like obviously it could happen but the change change is more i guess will relevant be the right word probably not change is more like there you know, it happens a mm-hmm. lot, and I think it's inevitable, it, right? Good word, yes. That's the word I was. Yeah. That's, that's the word <laughs> yeah. I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean you're 100 percent right, man. Like I, I talked to a lot of people, and even back in the days when I did want to be a designer, like I was like, oh, I'm going to be a creative director one day. But what does creative director mean, mm-hmm. right? Like that's just a title to us. But what does that responsibility look like? Um, I think this is a very unique and interesting industry where as we're younger we have all these ambitions of like what we want to accomplish from it but you know life comes at us right like we'll we maybe start families and we want to see how we can best balance that work life balance right Mm -hmm. and how can we contribute to that industry and keep pushing ourselves to grow um and and i had a conversation earlier this morning that really made me think like being a creative is more than just the tools that you use. It's how you think about processing. So maybe you're not a designer, you're not a, um, a producer in 10 years, but you might be able to still apply the knowledge that's required for you to accomplish your goals now, 10 years down the line. So 
I just say don't define yourself by a title or um, a certain uh, end result or a, a deliverable, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's so much you can learn from this industry that's just outside of a certain title or a certain salary that you can translate to any job. And I think that's one thing that's made my life so much easier moving from being a creative to a tech job, tech product industry role um, is I still get to be creative. I still get to use our our tools every day, but I get to start thinking about what does that look like down the line Mm. uh, and how people are going to use it. And that doesn't require me necessarily making a graphic right but like i get to i get to think about it in a different way so i'd say like that's super important just being able to see how being a creative translates to the many other aspects in your life Mm -hmm. for sure that's an awesome i guess an awesome way to put things you know you're yeah you're 22 right you have a lot of wisdom and a lot of like you've it seems like you've experienced a lot for like being 22 years old it's like just listening to you talk about some of these things you're like you you know what you're fucking talking about. Excuse my language, but you know what you're fucking talking about. Just you're like good. listening to you kind of talk about, especially saying things like this, like an end goal or like, you know, um, consideration of like your experiences and basing everything off of that. Like you got a lot of wisdom for, for how young you are. It's awesome. It's awesome to hear that. It really is. <laughs> I, I mean, shit, that, I'm, no, I... I'm 23. So it's like, if not, I'm not, I'm not like, no, 15 talking. Much <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and, 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 you know, the, the experiences that we have are shaped by the people that we're around. So mm-hmm. being able to surround yourself with amazing people on social media too, you know, people like yourself, you know, like that show love and support and get to be able to share some of these experiences and all this content with, your viewers like that's super cool and that's what we need right to continue growing we need to be accessible right we can't gatekeep information all the time this mm-hmm. knowledge is valuable mm-hmm. so uh, yeah man i i've learned from the people i've surrounded myself with and i i advise everyone to continue doing that it's so important moving forward mm-hmm. for sure well man i mean we had a lot on our slate and we kind of talked about you know most of it i would say but obviously yeah. those conversations kind of go wherever i just smacked my mic they're awesome but yeah conversations kind of go wherever but um usually i like to keep it you know 40 45 50 ish minutes so we're in that kind of comfortable range of you know not getting you know over you know over that hour hour and a half <laughs> you know it's because sometimes you know sometimes you listen to something for a while and you're just like oh whatever turn it off so yeah. I, th- I think we've gone over a lot of stuff that's super super valuable and also t- just kind of chatted and meet each other for the first time i think this has gone really really well i really appreciate the time (laughs) absolutely anytime you know the the things that you share i think it's just really cool to jam out sometimes Mm -hmm. and be like hey you know like what's top of mind for you you know like what's the state of the union in a sense right (laughs) like where do you see things like how do you continue growing so i think it's really cool to leverage podcasts like this where you can just have a conversation and Mm -hmm. that conversation is valuable for someone else learning about it so Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, really appreciate it and would love to continue chatting, you know, moving forward. And if that, and I'd also say if anyone else wants to reach out to me, like I'm, my DMs are open. Uh, I do love having these conversations. And if I can help anyone, you know, that makes, that makes me super happy and it puts a smile on my face. So any way I can help anyone, just please feel free to reach out. Yeah, I was just actually going to plug you after you got done talking, but you just did it. So, <laughs> you're yeah. good, man. But, yeah, all, all, all Akshay's stuff will be down below. So make sure you go down below, check all that out. 
Um, but yeah, everyone, this has been episode 13 um, of the Creative Process Podcast for season three. So um, thank you for coming out today and listening. Um, as always, I appreciate it, um, especially, I mean, the guests have come back, previous guests have come back and said they've gotten reached out to from people that listen to the podcast that have never you know, known who they were, and they're like, hey, listen to you on this, would love to ask you a few questions. So that's awesome. That's That's super awesome to hear because that's why... That's why I want to do this. That's why Akshay is, is doing this. You know, we want to supply information for people that maybe we didn't get when we were first experiencing things. And it's I think it's awesome to listen to other people's experiences as well. So, um, but yeah, again, thank you for listening. Can't wait to have you guys back on um, and, and listening next week for episode 14. But as always, make sure you tell someone that you love them today and we will see you next time. All right, take it easy.